Don't go looking for trouble because it will find you eventually. It's 26th of March 2021, broadcasting from Essex. It's Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $53,500. I'm your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair, Castro. Joe Mehmet. <laughs> Castro. Hey, yeah. Joe Mehmet. Did you see that story about Justin Trudeau being the illegitimate love child of Fidel Castro? No, really? Apparently so. Like, someone's basically done a bit of a deep fake on him and show, shown, like, pictures of Castro at similar ages. They look very, 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 very alike. Well, I mean, I mean if, if I found sort of like, without really looking at sort of like Google images, uh, Castro was an interesting looking guy, wasn't he? In his sort of like, uh, in his sort of like uh, fighter days, wasn't he? He had a sort of charisma. Obviously, Che Guevara was the uh, iconic image, but Castro had a sort of certain look about him. I can't imagine Justin Trudeau having that um, appeal. Well, I think they're two opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't they? You know, Castro was obviously a dominant dictator, whereas Trudeau is seen to be this modern-day snowflake liberal tree-hugging lefty. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah, I, I, you know, if he was the illegitimate son of uh, Cary, he would have had his DNA in him, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? He would have had that, <laughs> yeah, that fighting spirit. Exactly, yeah, there'd be some similar principles shared. Yeah. Or is the left the new right? That's another That's well, another question for another show, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call it the left, but I would call it the middle. It's a, you know, liberal is, is in the middle, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's, a new, that's a new left, a socialist, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, anyway, on that bombshell. <laughs> well, if anyone, if anyone can sort of back Aaron's claim on that, man, please let us know. Oh, it's, you know, once again, you know, I wander around the wastelands of Twitter and things like that, and I just see interesting things, and, and when I say things like Castro, that thing popped into me brain, so I hope you don't mind me sharing it. Anyway, I hope you're well, mate. How are you? How's yeah. the COVID jab? Has the arm fallen off yet? No, give me a break. I'm back to normal, mate. I don't understand what's the fear about a jab, you know, I really don't. I, I, was, I know, uh, it's a saline solution, so it's a placebo. Yeah, well, so, yeah, it could no, be a right. you know, just just do it and um, and just go on with life, really. Simple, simple as that. I, I can't understand why people sort of like keep delaying the inevitable, isn't it? You know, the more yeah. they're fighting, just like you're gonna get it, mate. You got it's gonna yeah. get done, right? It's, it's well, that's your choice, mate. It's your choice. Well, no, it's, it's like let, let's take, let's look at the remainers who, who were bitching about Brexit three, four years ago. Okay. Look what's happening in Europe now. And they're all glad they're out of the EU now, these Remainers. Okay. Well, I think there's a few stragglers that are still trying to um, keep that flame going. Yeah, they're probably the... being paid for to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, mate, uh, that, that could be true. Yeah. That could be true. So then, Joe, let's set up today's show. What are we up to today? Well, you would ask the question? Yeah, well, I mean, basically, we're going to share some feedback from the last show. Uh, we've got some solutions to today's question, and Joe's obviously got a very good goat on LinkedIn, which Joe's assured me is going to make me jealous. So stick it's around. Not to the end goat, of the show. It's not a goat, though. It's not a goat, though, right? It's it will make you jealous. I mean, it made me jealous. I must admit, really has. Okay. okay. 
Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that. Yeah. Bank that until later on. But um, yeah, I think today's show. Obviously, we are getting in the mode of reopening, right? Salons mm. up and down the UK will be opening from April the fifth. Um, so yeah. we just wanted to ask a question um, regarding uh, how your principles that we spoke about in the last show, how that you can adapt them, knowing that this environment of COVID. Uh, makes the personality of a salon much more difficult to achieve. Um, right. So I got some rev I got some feedback on the last show. So um, John C got in touch with us. He said he he totally agreed with everything you said in, in the last show. Thank uh, you, John. A lot of the old tradition. Yeah, a lot of the old traditions are more valid today than ever. But John asks, how would you adapt your salon for the COVID situation? while staying true to your salon personality principle that that, that is that is the million dollar question okay uh, I, 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 I kind of think that um, it just goes out the window all, all, all the principles all the um, all my beliefs will, will have to be completely restructured uh, that's right. that's the way I, I would sort of address the problem now really well I, I'll be honest with you I don't think I'll be looking forward to the reopening, like like all everybody is. Uh, there's there's mm. a sort of like this wonderful euphoria of like you know excitement, but as a salon mm. owner, I'd be dreading it, personally speaking. Really? Yeah, because you don't know. Well, where you, does your fear come from? Because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, at, at the moment, right, we know where we stand for the last um, sort of past year. Right, there's only been like four months of trading. Okay, mm. um, so it, it's it's been about well since um, the last lockdown, what, November. Okay, mm. so five months in, you know where you stand at least, and and sometimes mm. this sort of insecurity is your safe haven, and until until you exactly know what the landscape could be like for the, for the coming years, because there could be another lockdown, mate. Mm. Right, you know, there's yeah, no, there's no. That's always a danger, right? Exactly. So you're sort of saying, right, this problem hasn't gone away. Okay, we're looking for we we're gonna open up, but opening up, right, is gonna open up a lot more, a uh, lot more fears, a lot more threats, mm. a lot more um, closures, and and I'd be really worried, actually, uh, mm. about opening up, really because I won't be able to predict the future. Before we, as business owners, we was. We, we had a business plan, we had a goal, we tried to execute it, we, and we tried to keep true to that, um, that, that plan that we had. Uh, now you just can't do that, I, mm. I believe. So it, it, there is this fear. Would well, you want to give us this, this overview of what that principle was that John spoke about? Your, your principle about personality of the salon. Every salon has a different personality, yeah. depending on what are the um, principles, I guess, of its owner, you know, what that owner believes to be important, right? So whether it's customer service, whether it's, you know, quality hairdressing, whether it's, you know, good coffee, whether it's good ambience, whether it's good airflow. Yeah. yeah and it that, all starts with that salon owner's personality. It, and it, exactly. So because you would have, you because know, as, as a salon owner, right, you would have made the, the place... It's your home, basically speaking. You, you know, you you want to dress it up like you go, you go from your house to go to work. So you're going to be make it as comfortable as possible. And and the thing is, right, you have to be objective to all this, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not so much what you like; it's what everybody else would like. 
and, and then mm. you know in, in your home right you could actually be subjective but i would believe to make my house as comfortable for people coming in not for me to be in really so they sure. actually feel a lot more comfortable um and so the seller would have been that that's that kind of um, thinking and again with the pandemic now right is that okay the space is a premium we, we discussed this yeah. Certain certain essentials of the salon is, is at the window. Coffees, magazines, all these things. They're at the window. Um, the extra sort of like attention to, to attention to service, not attention to detail, but attention to service is at the window. You know, sort of the gowns, this shampoo, all, all these little like sort of like scenarios, you know, get me a towel, go go do this, go and do that, right? That's all at the window as well, right? So again the customer experience has to change. So how do you change it to make the client feel as comfortable as as it was before? That that's where the skill set has to come in now. And sure. and the way I saw the way I would sort of approach it would, would probably be right is that you have to be again, I'm not gonna sort of say going back to the um, old old right old ways of doing things, but you go back to the ways that you you built up a clientele from, as in from one client, okay? And and again, when a client comes in, you have to give that client, oh yes, you, you, it's automatic, you're gonna give her the untold attention, but you have to make sure that client comes in to you without going to anybody else first, and then leaves via you as well. That's the way I would sort of see it. So again, so that's the focus thing as yeah. well, isn't it? But I think I, I really like the point you make about the salon owner making the salon comfortable, like you would make your house comfortable for you, but having erring on the side of caution because obviously when someone comes around to your home, Joe, they're, they're not going to turn up and you're not going to be in an apron, gloves, mask, visor to welcome them no so straight away a customer walking into a new salon it's gonna feel a little bit surgical isn't it when they walk in for that first time yeah there's gonna be relief from the customer thank god i can get my hair done finally mm. but there's also gonna but like the the removal of personality because every salon up and down the country has to adhere to these rules and, and new regulations so all of a sudden, that personality, your, your third principle, it's going to be a lot more difficult when everyone's essentially wearing this barrier, you know, this surgical barrier. Um, but, and it's going to remove that expression, isn't it? I, I, I kind of think someone's already lost that prior to the pandemic, though. I, I really do. I, th I, I kind of really believe that the pandemic highlighted the problems of, of today's salons, uh, for, you know, you know, sort of like with John agreeing to my yeah. um, principles of, of a salon, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I'm old, I'm old school. I'm not saying old fashioned, I'm old school principles. And, mm -hmm. and you know, sort of like when I saw, I would go and see my cousins in, in salons, I'd go and see my friends in salons, uh, and right? I, I, I never really saw those passion that the, the hairdressing clients had, that we used to have. Um, so I kind of think that the mask and the and the visor, it's it just another barrier that's already been there to barriers, really, because, you know, but most of today's hairdressers, I, I don't really, I believe, I don't, it's not a case I don't believe, I actually believe they don't really engage like we used to engage anyway. So that sure. visor there 
actually it's just another barrier that really it won't make any difference to the client as long as the client gets their hair done I, I think they'll be quite happy to, to sort of say, sit there as quiet as possible and then go as safe as possible and, and, and you know yourself it, there was these sort of like mirrors these sort of like I wouldn't call them smart mirrors but TVs and salons and music playing out really loudly and all these mm -hmm. things right it kind of killed the salon atmosphere anyway didn't it uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that you know, atmosphere of a salon is kind of paramount. But mm. it just, but that is all dictated to by what clientele you have. You know, if you're a young person, you've got a young salon. Of course, there's going to be a, a kind of loud music element to the salon, right? That's generally what younger people want. Well, but well, obviously, no, it, your demographic it changes, doesn't not, it? Not so. really. I, I disagree because you know, yeah, ev, ev, yes, most hairdressers in a salon are young. But they don't do young people. Yeah, they don't do a 16-year-old sure. kid or 14-year-old kid who, who wants that music. They do sort of like professional people or working people. Yeah, but it's, but I'm talking about the personality of the salon. You know, if that comes down from the owner, if you've got a 25-year-old owner, 25 year old owner mm. you know, the personality of that salon is going to be slightly different to a 50-year-old owner, for example. You know, you're... you're so that's all. I, all I'm trying to establish yeah. is is that really the fact yeah. that you know everyone's different and that yeah. third principle of personality by default should be different. However, we've got uniform that everyone has to. You know, there's no point of difference. Everyone has to basically be masked up, visored up. Don't talk. Um, you know, don't. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's going to be like a a, a cleansing of that personality and this is what covid regulations will kind of do to the industry over the next year it will cleanse like i've always said my fear about going back into the salons after this would be it would feel more like a chore like going to the dentist as opposed to you know the social event that you know my salon experience always felt like it always felt like my customer would come in to see me because they were going out they were having their hair done because they had a birthday or a, you know they were going out for dinner and you know that so, beginning but, of the social event but if you actually think about what you just said right they're not coming to see you the way you look they're coming to see you for your talent yeah that's right. true so true. so would a mask advisor stop you from being talented no it shouldn't do exactly. but like I say it certainly will remove some of the enjoyment factor out of coming to the salon you know because obviously you want it to be a great experience right mm. you want it to have a great atmosphere if everyone's shuffling around in their surgical masks and surgical uniforms it's not a very relaxed atmosphere I, is it I, I, you know everyone I, in hazmats I must admit I have noticed one thing of recent right you know when I go to sort of do, do my few clients right is that they're not mm. happy to wear the gown that I'll bring with me even though I clean my gowns every day mm. right you know sort of like um, put them in the washing machine and hang it up for dry right they're mm. not happy to wear a gown that that's, that someone else has worn all of a sudden they'd rather get right. their hairs on them than wear a gown that would protect them mm, that's interesting yeah it really is actually and, and this mm. is this is in a home visit so again these kind of little comforts that you have to be really, really aware of that, uh, okay. um, that in, in a salon, again, go back to, we discussed if salons of the future, the disposable gowns. Now, will salons take that um, opportunity to actually get rid of all their gowns with their embroideries on, on them and things like that and so say, you know mm -hmm. what, we've got to get rid of. I don't think they will. 
persistent. Okay, well, look, I want to wrap this section up because I don't want to spend too long on right. this because obviously, yeah, but cheers for the question, John. Um, basically, I, I think to wrap this section up, Joe's saying it's too early to predict. You know, you've just got to adapt as and when, you know, once mm. the salon opens. But if you are looking for practical things that you can do, um, does anyone know the exact law when it comes to uh, regulations when we reopen up as salons? Uh, I've put the link in the Salonomics page uh, for the Telegram of government uh, rules and regulations with regards to the personal care sector. Um, but I was just looking through them, Joe, for any loopholes. And I know out of Canada, Canada, they've got a great way of getting around the please wear face masks having it on the window yeah. uh, and this isn't a salon this is just a usual mum and pup store uh, an essential service right. might add that sell food etc etc but essentially what they've put on the window is they've put their um, please wear masks um, but they've put it at the foot of the door and at the eye level part of the door they've put a, a sign that says no mask we won't ask okay so the idea about that is you know, what's the point in forcing everybody to mask up by t giving them an order on the way in when anybody can say they're exempt? And it just creates this conflict, bad experience between the business owner and the customer. Straight away, you're, you're, you're putting up a barrier of entry. Excuse me, sir, where's your mask? I'm exempt. Oh, OK. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It creates that bad vibe. And the reason why I say this is because my wife went into a store the other day. She is exempt. She was interrogated by the business owner as to why she was exempt. It didn't matter the fact that my missus got her, her, her you know, her, her, I'm exemption pass and all this, but that she was made to feel interrogated and belittled. She left without buying and she said, I'm never going there again. Really? So, yes, my, honest to God, honest to God, my, my wife was felt so belittled and, and made a... Um, made an example of in front of a store where everyone's social distance, Joe, all the doors are open, all the windows are open. It was like one of these um, so sold, like, you know, garden stuff. You know, but, uh, you know, spades, buckets, plant pots. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was one of these kind of... So it was a big store. It wasn't like it was an intimate little store. But, but my, ma my wife was made to feel so belittled and interrogated and uncomfortable that customer oh sorry that business has lost a customer forever now yeah and it was all because of this sign on the window where your mask where's your mask it's not there so i just want i would never want to put my business in that position no making a customer feel uncomfortable but the i think this again you know first i've got to find out where this uh, store is right in, in based in canada right if this is a mm. major city it's going to have very different traction to its a little local um, store isn't it Sure. Okay. Yeah, and again, I mean, where where you live, right? I think that's that's very draconian, not draconian, right? But very sort of like um, a pl plastic. What do you call those plastic police who just go like exerting their power all of a sudden, right? You know these. these yeah, the, the yeah the CSOs, yeah. community support officers. Yeah, they, right? they, yeah, these people sort of all of a sudden, right? They got this. You're always going to get those kind of arseholes, right? Who sort of like you know, I I'm going to sort of stick by the rules type of thing. Those, yeah, insensitive uneducated sort of way of life thinking like you know what i mean so it's it just a bad experience for your wife having to deal with someone like that rather than the um 
the protocol of the of the situation. Uh, that's the, that's how I see it. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like a, but like I say, you know, it was there because of this nonsense local council rule, yeah. which says you've got to have this sign up. They they got around it by putting it at foot level. Yes, yeah. so, you know, there was no law that said this has to be eye level. This has to be emblazoned in someone's face. But the point is, by putting this simple note on the window, no mask, we won't ask. We are inclusive to all. Removed. Any need for interrogation, confrontation, and conflict. Yeah, and 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 he's complying as well. He's complying. It is yeah, compliant. he's compliance as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 this is the thing that I was trying to tell you, right? If if you comply, things things are much easier. It's it's when you become anti, then you you, you agitate the situation. And uh, because it's complying, it's getting around with. It's getting around with. It just get on with it. It comes up with a creative idea, and, yeah. and it works. And it makes his business so like seem more um, so secure it's cl it's clients coming in and it's still the same same um, reaction that is getting same service and everything and, and it's providing um, an essential shopping as well to give for everybody so yeah. I, I do believe in complying is much easier than to so sort of non-comply and then you come up come across uh, certain agitations and and, yeah. and this is so sort of narratives that uh, that people so sort of always I'm always right situation, isn't it? Yeah, we talked about it before the blame game. Who do you blame? Who's mm. right? Who's wrong? You know, and I feel sorry for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that she went through such a bad experience, but just, just take it the fact that the guy's a knob and not so much the the policy. Yeah, listen, no, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. But like I say, I mean, he has been forced to comply to these draconian well, well, rules which once again anybody can go on the government website and download an, uh, an exemption thing so you know it, it kind of makes the whole thing a little bit catch-22 like you know there is an element of all right what's the point you know so therefore yeah. your principle should be I shouldn't want to harm my business at all costs no. what can I do in order to not harm my business and if that means sticking a sign up in your front door that says no mask we won't ask hmm. do it yeah exactly i agree with it i really really yeah. agree yeah and the guy you know God. i was going to say you know you know i am um, i'm a stickler for all these things yeah. so i found the government website where he because we, we've not really had clarification on uh, when you can wear masks and when, when you can't, when it comes to personal care. I think we're pretty aware of all of the rules with regards to supermarket shopping and getting on trains and things like that, because that's all we've been allowed to do for the last year, right? So as I was going through the when to wear a face covering section on the UK government website, so um, devolution means that Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, you've all got your own rules. So make sure you go and check your own rules via your own website. But I'm going to be talking for England's perspective in this. So well, public transport. So basically in England, you must wear a face covering following indoor settings. Examples are given in brackets. So public transports, taxis, transport, shops, supermarkets, shopping centres, premises providing hospitality, bars, pubs, cafes, except when seated at a table to eat. See exemptions. So then you click on the exemptions button, Joe, and this is genius. I've, I've come up with some right beauties here. You're going to like these. So obviously children under the age of 11 don't have to wear a face mask. People who cannot put on or wear 
uh, face mask uh, because of a physical or mental illness illness or impairment so at the last at the last uh, numbers i mean a lot of people are suffering from mental illness at the moment right so that's another uh, where putting on wearing or removing a face covering will cause you severe distress i mean once again these are quite wide exemptions um there are also scenarios where you are permitted, and there's more. I don't want to go for all. Yeah, that I was saying. I, I think yeah, I think there's you know again, it's all to do with interpretation, mate. Really, it's uh, interpretation. But guess but there's scenarios when you are permitted to remove a face covering, Joe, and these are your loopholes that you could use if ever you were caught by your local council or reported. So if you're in a bank, yep. Yeah, they can ask you to remove your mask. Well, because I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, that's a, that's, you know. that's a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if asked to do so by shop staff or relevant employees for identification, so you can do that. So if you're required to do so to receive treatment or services, so therefore, for example, when getting a facial, right? So that's beauty. Obviously, when you're cutting around the ears and etc. etc. you know, for hair cutting. In order to take medication. Now, here's the beauty. If you are delivering a sermon or prayer in a place of worship, Joe, so could we not look at that as being, you know, when you're give it like putting the worlds to rights while you're chatting to your customer? If you do, you need to register your your salon as a place of worship, Joe. I mean, you tell me. Well, I suppose um, you, you. I mean, most hairdressers. I mean, I used to preach to my clients. <laughs> my principles. That's you know? what I mean. That's what I mean, Reverend Joe Memmett. You know, I mean, so, you know, the finest blow drying sermon yeah, deliverer in town. Yeah, as a priest, did my love for Arsenal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, why yeah. the Arsenal Football Club is the greatest team in the world. You know that kind so of thing. You, you know, so so the, there you go. Quickly apply for apply to your local council as a place of worship. So therefore, your customers can remove the mask. Not a problem. So here's another one. So if you are so if you need to um, if you need to lip read for any way so obviously we've all blown dry we've all blow drying our clients hair not being able to hear what the client says so while you're blow drying get them to remove the mask so you can lip read right so that's another loophole you've got there you know like I say, I just I'm just agitating. Yeah, I think I'm just so. Look, look, look. I mean, we we I'm just we trying we, to turn it into a bit of fun. Well, that, you know. it, well, it, it doesn't sound like fun. Does it? It's not like a. I mean, I, look, you, we we discussed it many times before, right? Um, it, it's virtually impossible um, for for a client to to contaminate the hairdresser because of gravity. You know, mm. when, when a client speaks, it doesn't go up, does it? Right, the, the virus it goes down. Okay, apparently so. Okay, but but do you remember when we that they asked us to open last year and they said we weren't allowed to use hair dryers because it would circulate well, the virus. Well, this, well, and it's like okay, well, we better shut all the windows and doors as well then well, because that person clearly doesn't understand how air works. Well, no, they, 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 what you can't do is have air, the air conditioning on. That's the thing, right? Because the air conditioning will flow right. It will actually sort of circulate the virus. Okay, so you have to have the doors open. So again, yeah. the whole salon experiences, it, it goes out the window all of a sudden, right? I mean, can you imagine your high street salon with traffic? Quite a mighty. It's that a pleasant yeah. experience? 
not a good experience. Yeah, that's a really good point. I haven't thought of that one. Yeah, yeah. imagine you got a traffic jam outside the yeah, shop. Yeah, you know, all the carbon carbon monoxide. Yeah, mild base going. You know, these all like yeah, all those no, terrible experience. Yeah. But like I say, I mean, th this these rules with every one of these rules, there's this unintended consequences that we're going to find out once we open, right? That's right. And, yeah. and this is what you're saying when it comes to, look, we don't know yet, so it's best to be cautious <laughs> and it's best to adapt as and when. But but, but, as, it, but as it stands right, doors and windows have to be open. That that was from the previous. Yeah. I don't think that's changed. Um, I don't think the air conditioning units will be on. For us. I mm. don't think, I can't see them being allowed to be on. What about the queuing up outside? Say it's chuck. I mean, April is notorious in England for being a very wet month. Well, it, April and May. Well, this. So your clients are going to be standing outside. You're going to have to buy easels. Um, you know, uh, yeah. you're going to have to buy a city city section. That's yeah. something with a canopy. Or you're going to have to put yeah some kind of canopy up or some kind of you know. Well, can, well, can I? Can we go back, back? Let's go back a bit to the VAT campaign, save our salons campaign. Oh, do we have to? Well, no. Thought, but, they've all gone very quiet, Joe. No, so no, I think, but, but, I think they must be listening but, to us. But that's, that's, they have gone quiet. Have you noticed that? They've gone completely quiet. <laughs> they've gone very quiet. But, I think they've realised it's futile. Well, exactly. Yeah, they should actually be congratulating us for sort of like actually making them see... Yeah, uh, wait, stop wasting their time. Yeah. yeah. But no, but that's where their problems came from, right? Wasn't the VAT the problem? Is that they, they haven't got the facilities to accommodate these um, these rules because... Yeah, they would have, they would have clients coming in. They were clients waiting because this is what they're used to. This is what their whole life was all about: having a salon full of people waiting to be served, waiting to go, waiting all this right. All that's at the window now. They can't even have a client sitting outside. So they're going to come in at one o'clock. They have to leave at two thirty. They have to come at two thirty. They have to leave at four o'clock. You know what I mean? It's regimented. You you talk about a system now, right? That's going to be methodical that's going to be conformed which is not in our sort of nature so these these mm. salons right all of a sudden they can't have that footfall that they're used to it's it's not about cutting the vat or or saving the salon the government doing anything they just cannot service the class that they're used to yeah it's about reevaluating this whole process going forward right exactly and this is why i believe that that it's very very hard to predict They've come the uh, April the twelfth, right? Which is a uh, you know in uh, in England. What what the um, the world, what what the situation is going to be like? Yeah, there's going to be mm. a, a massive surge. You know, anyone's. I mean, I'm sure my niece is fully booked. I'm sure my my cousin's fully booked. Um, the first week, less in a month's time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I'm still going to go with um, the lip reading one. I think yeah. I can give all my clients an exemption based on lip reading while I'm blow drying. So that's that's my that's my thing. Um, yeah, so let's... Perfect. So I think we've solved that, haven't we, Joe? So uh, this, uh, this is an extra little question I wanted to ask you based on... Um, based on what we've experienced over the last year. Yeah. So... When it comes to dealing with the COVID pandemic, knowing what you know now, how would you have dealt with the crisis a year ago? So we, we literally, right. one year since everyone was forced to lock down, it was March of 23rd, right? Yeah. How would you have invested your cash um, had you known that the two weeks to flatten the curve would turn into eight months, months lockdown out the next 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 again, I... 
Would you have done anything differently? I mean, putting yourself in those shoes. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of salon owners that have probably got regrets because they probably spent the money, the, the the grants and everything, probably a little bit too quickly. Yeah, I, I would, I would, um, I would have never spent that money quickly. That, that's 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 for sure. I would never have done that. If right. anything, right, I would, I would probably have taken your advice actually, invested in Bitcoin. Because no, I would have done seriously. Because you know, Joe, well, we've got we got a caveat this <laughs> with this is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah, yeah, go all in. Yeah, go, yeah. go all in on but, me. Uh, but I would have done right because you know, it's all like it's always give you free cash. Okay, to sort do something. Mm. Well, you might as well earn some money, right, out of it. So. I've probably done that for a start, but all right. Well, that's very risky. That's a very risky. But but yeah. Is there anything? But I, is there anything else that you could have like planned for? Well, like, so, for because, example, but the thing is, though, sorry to interrupt. Would you have fired everyone? I suppose that's that's the question I, I want to I would ask. Would got, you have fired I would everyone? Have got, on it would have been one? a great excuse to get rid of one or two people that I that I knew I didn't want them in the business anymore. That definitely right. I would have got rid of. All right, great excuse okay. because there's there would have been no call if I could prove that they that the pandemic actually saw sort of like made their uh, role uh, extinct, I, I would have been covered, right? Um, yeah. But the but the, 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 the damning thing is though, right? I, I don't think I don't think you could get around any sort of loophole because of the public liability insurance. There's no way that you could operate a salon, and, I'm, and I know there were salons operating, you know, underneath. Uh, underground type of thing. I know they were, but off the grid. Yeah. Well, I think that's what that's what suffocation of rules does to businesses, right? Yeah. If they can't if they can't earn a living because the compliance just makes it economically unviable, they'll go off the grid. I mean, I've been saying this all year. You know, these these idiots at Hair and Barber Council and all of these that are asking for more rules and regulation put on us, they're actually going to be destroying our industry. They're going to be forcing people off the grid. It, 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 exactly, 100%. And, 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 then, and then once all these rules and regs come in and they've got literally zero people giving them money anymore, then they're going to be like, oh, what happened? And, and, and you know, exactly. You know, who, who do you blame? I mean, it's very easy to blame the environment, right? The credit crunch or the pandemic, or whatever, when it's actually yeah. the people actually that's, that's supposed to be helping in the first place. And those, uh, what, those that are kicking the horn, yeah, tanks, exactly. Right? And, and another thing, at the uh, as you know, right, as a, as a sort of like a hairdresser, I was never into the sort of shishy, you know, blow drying type of salon. It was, it was more like strong cutting and strong coloring. Okay, so mm. again, that's quite easy to operate uh, with, with a sort of like um, online to a degree. Like you could actually sort of do home visits, country. You? you could actually still maintain a relationship. Yeah. Still, I, I would have communicated with my clients still every mm. day. You know, because you know the, the thing that I do enjoy, I did enjoy about my work, right? With in the cell was was the actual conversations I was having with my clients. You know, we were always in. They, yeah. they were always sort of like um, thoughtful and uh, educational and, you know, sort of like, sort of in, in present situation. It was not as, how we get for a holiday type of thing. It was, you know, mm. very um, updated. So, again, you can you could do that. It probably might have got boring after a while. I can understand that. But you start off with great intentions and then say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you next week, Mr. Smith. All right, darling, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you can ease, ease it off, can't you? But I think at the beginning, you have to have this, presence still with them that that you you're still in their thoughts that you're still there for them etc etc and then if they invite you around they invite you around basically speaking so what you're saying is yeah you would have closed the shop yeah um yeah. you would have accepted all of the 
rate cuts yeah. and well, I, you know, well, this all is the it. other things that were but, going. If, but you would have adapted. You would have been yeah. agile enough to adapt. I, I and if Mrs. Smith definitely needed to see you, you would have seen Mrs. It, Smith. Exactly. And right. don't forget, right, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. You, know, you could have negotiated the rent. You could freeze the rent. All right, you pay mm. back. Yeah, because you don't, because no landlord wants to lose money. Okay, yeah, mm. we, we know that. So you sort of say, okay, well, while the, um, the, the salon closed, let's freeze the rent and then you can backdate it on, on, onto the existing month, the quarterly rents that you can do, right? So again, right. you can stagger it into, um, into further payments. And again, the council, the council won't be getting any money from you because you've got no waste disposals. You've got no mm. waste, all this kind of thing. So again, then you can freeze all those monthly payments. You can freeze your um, broadband, your telephone calls, all these things. You can freeze all yeah. these things, okay? So yeah. you don't have to worry about them for a start. Gotcha. You know, so... I, I, so that's, that's, that's practical, that's financial. Yeah. That, I, I suppose doing that, from day one would have been uh, paramount to the, the or the key to your survival come the end of the year yeah. uh, having at the time not knowing whether you know you was going to be opening anytime soon because uh, remember that first lockdown was three months exactly wasn't it? Right. it did we we didn't open until july the 4th we shut down march 23rd and we didn't open until july the 4th I, for the first time i'll tell you so, what i did last year right i think at the time i thought oh god you see I had I had um, two credit cards right and a and a loan okay yeah uh, it came to like twelve thousand pounds okay I paid it all off because I didn't know what the future was like I had I had I had so like the assets there right I thought you know what I'm gonna pay it all off because I don't know what the future is gonna bring me so but at least I get rid of all these loans or these debts then at least I'm free of it. So you were you, so you was in a consolidatory phase, yes, right? You was is. just basically just trying to balance the books, yeah. Um, trying to get discounts everywhere you can. Yeah, I mean, obviously that is good business acumen, right? It, it, to it, shrink your expenses. Exactly, and, and again, the, the pandemic, the, the closures, was done right. That's 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 exactly how one should be thinking. And when you think like that. It's not that bad, I, and again, I don't understand all this sort of like this uh, this campaign and things like that because, it, if anything, it, it kind of gives them a, a, a chance to catch up with an awful lot of things. Uh, again, I, I don't think I could have done any different. I don't think I could have sort of like, I don't I don't believe I would have been brave enough to risk going into the. I would have gone into the salon on my own, just to mm. make sure the mechanics were working. You know the lights, the air conditioning, the water, sure. all these kind of things, right? Just to let you let the water run for about half an hour. You let the you know sort of like it, it, the elements of work in the water, the the the, uh, the the water tank. You know what's what's the the, the flow, whatever. Yeah, the boiler. boiler, all that. It's all working, right? Yeah. And sure. so, so again, like you know, it doesn't get dusty and things like that because you know dust breeds germs and things like that so yeah it just give the sun air you know to open the door so it's air right i would have been doing that not every day i probably started every day and you just ease off a little bit right but mm. i don't think i would have saw like try and bend the rules to be honest with you i don't think it, it, it would have been worth it purely because someone could grass on you that's a, i think if i was in a little village where everybody mm. everybody knows each other you know, Jeremy, I, and I, I know. Sure. I, there's a there's a friend of mine in a, in Spain, right, in a, in a town mm -hmm. called Villavicioso, 
It's a beautiful little town. It's called Vicious Village. When the Romans were invaded it in the uh, sort of you know BC, they they called it Vicious Village because the, the the inhabitants were vicious people. So you know the the, the conquering Caesar saw, wow, these are vicious people. So it was called Villa Vicioso. And um, anyway, so my friend um, Zabi, he he took me to uh, a bar. I said, Zabi, why do we go to a bar for? You can't smoke. He goes, I oh, don't worry about it, Joe. So. Uh, I go in there with him, and this is a few years ago now, uh, about sort of seven years ago, and um, we get a drink. He said, do you want a cigarette? I said, hey, no, I, don't. I mean, all these people are looking at me. You know, there's all these sort of like, locals all looking at you, right? And we're mm. sort of peering eyes. He goes, Was it the hair? <laughs> Maybe. And he Was said, it your curly, it, curly, luscious it, yeah, locks? Yeah, it's all exactly my green eyes. And um, it's, he said, do you want a cigarette? I said, I, I tell you, I have a cigarette, but if I get fine, you're paying for it. He goes, okay. So I lit a cigarette, right? Mm. And guess what happened? Uh, the, the establishment blew up? No. Gas leak? They all started no. smoking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they all started smoking. I swear to God. So mate. you were the protagonist. No, we're not the protagonist. They were. Like, they didn't know who I was. So they were just. So oh, so once you gave the signal. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, you I, weren't gonna dob anyone in. You weren't gonna grass everyone. Well, I, I, was I was one like, of them. Ah, I was one cool. of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. And no, I like that. that. Like that a lot. Right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it, it just it would turn out to be a great evening, like you know what I mean? And For sure. Uh, and again, I think in, in little towns and little villages. Yeah, I think these hairdressers, if I was in that um, situ, I'd probably still be operated because they all, it's a community, isn't it? But in central mm. London... Yeah, it's a brotherhood, yeah. right? Yeah, in central yeah. London, forget it. No, there's no way you would have got away with it because you would have had some smart-ass, some yeah. righteous person, right, would have sort of like... Some 23-year-old with a degree yeah. coming round telling you what to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been risque to sort of say the least. Yeah, I know I know many other salon owners that have that exact thing. And, and, and what comes out of the conversation is... Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, a friend of mine put it really well. He's like, look, simple. If you don't want to, uh, if you don't want the council to get busy with you, don't get busy with the council. <laughs> yeah, it's kicking a hornet's nest again. Yeah, and once again, it's another way of saying, look, you know, stop asking for permission. Ask them for forgiveness. It's like, you know, you've got yeah, to do yeah. what's best for your business first and foremost. The council comes second in that regard. Do you know what I mean? You've got that, you've got to take care of business first. And if the council have an issue, let the council come to you exactly with the and issue and explain the yes. issue. Don't 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 get don't get caught up in going the other way round and asking the council. Please help me with my business. I think. Do you know what I mean? You're you're doing it wrong. If that's your philosophy, you are doing it wrong. Uh, it was it, it was quite interesting actually. So it reminded me when I talked. I know I talked about it before with the uh, Draco Avenue Salon with my investors, right? And mm. and we it was a double fronted salon, and the, and the business rates was actually for one unit rather than two units because mm. it was two units into one, and mm. for about eighteen months we were paying um, one one unit, and towards the I mean. At the time when I was having problems with my investors, yeah, the council actually started sort of like making um, claim back on the fact that I was I was paying, underpaying my um, 
my, my business friend because those people were one unit, things like that. And anyway, so when I left the um, Draco Avenue Salon, I left it with a sort of like a double whammy in the fact that they had to pay double the uh, business rates, you know. Mm. But I didn't go to I didn't go to the council and sort of say, oh, you know, you charge you undercharging me. I just sort of let them come to me. Really, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. let them let them discover their mistakes. Let them deal with your mistakes because it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheaper. That's right. You owe it to your business yeah. to take care of that first. <laughs> not exactly. Not asking some arbitrary, you know, objective individual that will go. Oh yeah, no, you can do that, Joe. But first of all, you got to give us five thousand pounds to be able to, I don't know, sell coffee or sell ice cream or whatever, whatever it is, you know. You need permission you for. I mean, look, there's certain, need, yeah. there's certain things you've got to, you, you have to apply before you open anyway. That I agree uh, with. But once, of course. once you've done that, then operate as you want to. Operate as you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Joe, I think that is good. Yeah. I think we've taken care of that. Um, I want to move on to your goat because you said you was going to make me jealous. Oh, okay. So tell me, oh. tell me what it was on LinkedIn that made you feel <laughs> jealous this week. All right, there's, I've got a new connection, right? Uh, it's a guy called Robert Adamson. Okay. Mm. Anyway, he's he's a He's a hairdresser. He's got this sort of business up in Scotland. And he, he wanted to yeah. connect with me. I thought, yeah, I'll connect with him and you know, see what he's got to sell, sell me, as they have been doing. Mm. Anyway, he asked me the question, what's it like to be retired? That's, that's what he wanted to know. He wanted to yeah. know what, what it was like to be retired. So I gave him my, uh, my opinion, because he's actually thinking about uh, retiring himself. Yeah. And I said to him, yeah, are you a leaseholder? Well, are you, you know, I know you're a selling owner, but it's your, it's your, it's your lease. How many years left of the lease, etc., etc. And he goes to me, I actually own a freehold. I said to him, bravo, you actually, you actually achieved a lot more than I've done because, you know, from from owning a, from being a selling owner to owning a freehold, it's a fantastic achievement. I don't care where, who you are, where you are. If you own a free freehold of a building, bravo, you, you got my, you got my admiration. And um, I said, so we started talking about, um, you know, how I sort of felt about towards the end of my um, my days as a son owner. Because, yeah, as you know, right, it, it, mm. you, you start becoming a son operator rather than a son owner. Stuff annoying you. Everything starts to get, on, not on top of you, but you, you don't want to become the person that you were becoming, basically speaking. Mm. I, I was a nice guy. I've, I'm turning out to be sort of the most hated person in in SW3 type of thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, mean, I look at. I mean, everybody that left me. I mean, you know all these people. That, Hang on. Is that is that as bot? Is buttons are dropping? Yeah. Right. Everyone escape. Yeah. Everyone get out of SW3. Hey, anyway, you anyway talking about a bombshell. Like, you know we were talking about Captain Perry last week. Yeah. That was very appropriate because that got bombed during World War Two. By the way, oh, okay. <laughs> right. anyway, go back to the thing. Right. So we started talking, blah blah. blah. And um, anyway, I said to him, you know, I was, I started telling him my my life that I was still playing golf up there. This, I was like, oh, it goes to be, I've been playing golf more regularly since to me since the pandemic, because in Scotland, right, the golf courses weren't shut. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, no. exactly. I he was telling me this. I go, why well, you lucky bugger? 
right? Mm. And he and I says, uh, so which golf course are you a member of? Guess what he said? St Andrews. Exactly. I mean, flipping hell, mate. I mean, all of a sudden, I got a contact. It was a member of St Andrews. Happy yeah. days, isn't it? Right. Well, reach out, Joe. We'll get on the next plane. Uh, no, is, isn't plane. that amazing? We'll drive up there. I mean, isn't we'll that amazing? I don't know anybody. I don't know. Robert Adamson. Is that what his name yeah, was? Yeah, Robert Adamson. Robert Adamson. Um, invite us up, mate. We'd love to play at St. Andrews. And, uh, are you, you jealous or are you not jealous? I'm, I'm jealous of that. I mean, that'd be an, I mean, that's the pinnacle, isn't yeah, it? Of exactly. Every golfer's dream to play. You know, that's like every tennis player wants to play at Wimbledon. It's like every footballer wants to play at Wembley. Yeah. Every you golfer. Know. I mean, you say that about golf courses, but yeah, my mate in California... And California have had some of the most draconian uh, lockdown rules throughout. He's been able to play golf for months. Really? Months. Golf courses were yeah. open. Kids aren't allowed at school. Uh, salons aren't allowed to open. Restaurants aren't allowed to open, etc. But you can still play golf. So, you know, as long as, as, long as the top 1% are taken care of, mate, and they've got plenty of stuff to do, crack on. I mean, it, it's just, it's farcical, isn't it? It really makes you laugh, right? That I think this whole pandemic would be a lot easier if we could play golf. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable, really unbelievable. You know, you, you yeah. can sort of like go for a walk in the park, but you can't play golf at all. Well, I remember, I, I remember I did play golf on the very first day. That I'm sorry to bore everyone that's, that hates all this, but this is just the mentality of. What do we know now that we didn't know 12 months ago? I'm pretty sure we know now that being out in sunlight and fresh air is, is kind of good for you. Um, you know, vitamin D and all of that yeah. and being healthy. It's good for your mental health. Yeah. Um, but a year ago when golf courses did open, I think it was in April, it was a beautiful day, but I wasn't allowed to share a buggy with my friend. Mm. Um because of COVID, you know, we weren't. We had to hire out two buggies. There's always going to be scenarios where business is going to take advantage of certain rules, yeah. aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we was outdoors. We're not, we're not allowed to share a buggy, and yeah, we kind of know that now. What, why would the council like? You know, at the time they were locking up the beaches. They were locking up uh, playgrounds. Like I wasn't allowed to take my kids to the park because the council would lock the gates up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they was doing everything in their power to squash any kind of physical activity, any kind of fun, any kind of in the name of COVID. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I just hope if they continue with these lockdowns, I just hope that they don't make those same mistakes again, because I just feel that, you know, mental health has suffered enough this year. Well, I mean, those little what, things like playing golf. What increased the most? Having, yeah, in mental health increased the most, didn't it? It, it, it? Well, exactly. But having the opportunity to get outside and, and breathe fresh air and go to, I, I think they, un, I, they, they didn't. They didn't understand how valuable those things yeah. are. Which are, which are free as well, right? You know, you'd have to. Which are free and like, yeah. It is interesting because I was I was I was having coffee with David and Chrissy and our next door neighbours yesterday, right? Yeah, just outside. Oh, I hope socially distanced. Oh outside, yeah, yeah, outside, yeah, yeah. I hope you're not smoking. Right? I hope you all had masks on. Well, we were drinking coffee, right? Yeah, so the, we've got a coffee shop. Yeah, so, uh, no, yeah. Between each sip. Then. Yeah, between two And then I, I said to Chris, yeah, we just talked about the looking forward to the great reopening. And I said, and, you know, yeah. you know, what have you really missed? 
You know, it, it, at the end of the day, the paddock hasn't really affected us that much in, in sense of business and things like that, right? Because we, you know, we all kind of retired in sense. And she said, you know, I really miss the liberty, she said. And, and it's very important, that really, because, you know, the, to have that freedom of choice, it, it, you know, okay, we haven't really done anything different, but, ha but we, we, they took away our freedom of choice. And, and I mm. think that is a key. As human beings, we, we need that. Um, we need to exercise our freedom, and and I think that sure. that was the the hard part really. That I I, mm. I, I, I don't think people are bothered about work because they still got paid and things like. But it's that that freedom to express. Well, well, I would say um, there was probably eight million people in this country that haven't received a penny over the last year. But that's enough for another show um, to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, Joe. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, that has made me jealous. Um, I'm, that was I'm well yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he's, he's brilliant, he, brilliant guy. I mean, I've, well, I'm going to reach out to him and I'm going to um, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to see if he can get some St Andrews sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what Nicholas Sturgeon uh, will have to say about that. You know, we'll be invaded by the by the English again. We can go to our second home day, can't we? Yes. Um, what have you got a caravan up there, mate? Have you? Well, no, I can get one, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right then, Joe. Well, um, yeah, good talking to you. Yeah, um, too, how about suggestions for the next show? I mean, I had a little idea. Oh. Um, so obviously we've got in all we're getting all these. Obviously, this is Salonomics where we combine kind of hair chat, you know, high street chat with economics and and business chat. So. There's a lot of these reopening grants that are available. Um, maybe we should do something on exploring whether they're worthwhile applying for, what you should be aware of if you are applying for them, and you know. Well, if it's a um, grant, you'd have the, to give it back, world's... to you? Uh, well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, does it become taxable income? Do you then all of a sudden have to pay 20% income right, tax right. on it? You know, so we'll just look at the value proposition of whether these restart grants right. are actually worth anything. Okay, that's a good idea. Just... Yeah, we can, so, yeah, but if there's any pitfalls for people to avoid, we can. We, we, yeah. Uh, so we'd be advised. We, we won't be advising them, but we'd be. Okay. No, no, we're just going to do a deep dive. Yeah, you know, we're just going to talk from the perspective of like you, the salon owner. Would you apply for one of these grants if you could? Tell me the reasons why. You know, bloody bloody blah, blah, all of that stuff. Anyway, I'll share a link uh, to them in our Telegram um, channel, Salonomics, where you can find us. Um, you can obviously get invites via Joe from LinkedIn and via myself. You can find us anywhere where Salonomics is. So I'll put the links to these these um, grants that are available to salon owners yes. and business owners in general. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say, Joe? Yeah, you know, I, I do actually. There was, um, you know, Elon Musk, right? I'm, I'm not a fan of his, I'm like, as you know. Okay. But he did, he did cause a controversy uh, on Twitter the other day. Um, all right. And I really agree with him. He was talking about UFOs, all right? And okay. uh, he was sort of saying UFOs don't exist. And, and obviously there's this whole big who like they do exist, right? And he, and he came up with a point right there. In today's technology, camera lenses are as sharp as sharp could be, okay? Right. Yet every image of a UFO is blurry. <laughs> mm. I mean, That's a good, point. good point, right? Yeah, so, okay. so, they, so what was the fallout of that then? Well, it was doesn't exist. It doesn't or? exist. 
right? Why is it? It's Elon Gate. Uh, uh, he came out with quite a funny tweet the other day. I know he actually hires mean lords, don't he? he I see, hires he? people to yeah, almost like comedians or comedy writers, so he can like you know drop a meme on. Oh his right, Twitter. so it makes him sound intelligent and funny. Yeah. Right. So I wonder if Elon come up with this. He said um, his tweet read something along the lines of, "If ever I'm involved in any kind of scandal, please can you call it." Elon Gate. Gate. Brilliant, brilliant. I've got to so, say, very clever, very, very clever. Oh, yeah, good. I think so. On, On that note, mate, um, remember, Joe, for the great reopening, if you want to sign up for gosalon.uk and make retail easy for you and your customers, then go and check that out. Um, and uh, apart from that, I think we've, we've covered everything, haven't we, mate? I think so, for today. All right, then, dude. Well, so conclusion then, Joe. Um, I, I, I would, I would just be patient. Stay calm. Just be patient. Yeah, take it as it, because, you know, we, as hairdressers, right, we, we think on our feet. We, we, yes. we, we, we're built by being focused. Don't, don't listen to narratives. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to any hype or, or potential threats. Even the professional bodies don't help the situation, right? Because they, mm. they're actually agitators as far as I'm concerned. Think about your, your, yeah. your business. Think about your clients and just stay stay true and then see what happens, really. That's right. Be agile. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Be agile. All right then, Joe. Thanks a lot today. Right, um, I hope to see you soon. Take care of yourself. Right, enjoy. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. -bye.